Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Morsani College of Medicine Alumni Society podcast. Today, I have with me Dr. Alicia Billington, who is actually an MD-PhD alum of the University of South Florida, and her PhD is in biomedical engineering, and she graduated from Morsani in 2014. And Alicia, I really am thrilled to have you with me today, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the why and the impact of scholarship, because I know you have a particularly compelling story and perspective. So maybe you could kick us off a little bit with just what is your start with your story and kind of where you came from and how you got to where you are. Well, Valerie, thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be back at USF. I had such a wonderful experience there as a medical student uh, and as a PhD student. So thank you for having me on. So my story is that I probably should never have gone to medical school. Um, You know, I, I grew up having the parents that I did that allowed me to have the opportunities that I, that I really should not have typically had. And so I really owe it all to them. So my father was a police officer and my mother was a teacher and my dad made it through junior college and was dating my mom and decided that in order to get married, he had to start working at the police department so that he could afford everything. And my mom at that time was not a teacher and she actually had to go back to school. They both paid for their entire education completely on their own. And so I think they learned early on the value of education because they personally had to take it on themselves. And so my mom eventually ended up going into teaching. And the reason she went into that is actually, she wanted to make sure that I had the best education possible. And she figured if she was in the field that she would sort of know, you know, the the best um, places to send me and the best way for me to get resources, et cetera. So from very early on, I was very supported by both of my parents. And then I got through high school and got to the point where I was starting to apply for schools and I had this opportunity to do this research institute at Cornell university and sort of just fell in love with it. And it was a a paid scholarship opportunity. And I remember coming home and saying to my parents, you know, this is where I want to go to school. It's an Ivy league school. I, I, you know, love it. I think this is the right place for me. And they were so excited, but also terrified because they had no idea how they were going to pay for it. So my dad ended up working ridiculous hours. He took on many overtime shifts. uh, And my mom at that time started to have some serious medical problems and really should have gone on medical leave or retired early, but they decided that they really wanted me to be able to go to Cornell. So uh, my mom kept working (laughs) despite being sick and my dad was at work. I mean, he would go in at 6 a.m. and come home at 3 a.m. And so they did that. They took out a second mortgage on their house and they got me to Cornell and I looked for a lot of scholarships and was very, very fortunate to have received some. And I also took on a huge amount of debt. So, you know, when I came home and said, Hey, I think I want to go to medical school. They were like, okay, well, uh, that one's on you. Um, but actually they, they continued to support me and help me as much as they could. But at that point, my brother, who's nine years behind me, it was time for him to go to college as well. So when I looked at medical school, the idea of the amount of additional debt that I was going to take was a little bit terrifying. Um, But I just decided that it was an investment in my future 
And I was very, very fortunate to have received a lot of scholarships along the way without which even despite all of my parents' incredible contributions, I would not have been able to either attend Cornell or to go to USF College of Medicine. Wow. I'm just sitting here thinking about how your parents must feel now, you know, looking at, at all that you've achieved that that's really impressive and kudos to them for making those sacrifices for you. That's pretty amazing. Um, I'm curious to know, maybe for some of the audience that might be listening, how did you find opportunity for scholarships? Well, I'm old enough that back in the day, <laughs> you, used to go to, you used to go to Barnes and Nobles and you would find, this is actually really embarrassing. <laughs> you would find a huge paper bound book called Scholarships in the United States. And it was, you know, over a thousand pages long and there would be tiny little, you know, two sentence paragraphs about every single scholarship that, you know, this, this book had found bound together in one source. And, uh, and then I would research those scholarships and many of them were not, most of them actually were not applicable to me, but there were maybe, I think like five out of the entire book that I found that I could apply to. There were some that were pretty big national scholarship or, or writing essay contests. So I was constantly writing essays, sending things in, trying to, you know, do anything I could to get scholarships. Um, and one of, one of the, the largest scholarships I actually got, um, I sort of fell into it. I was at, uh, St. Pete high and there was something called, um, the sun goddess, the junior sun goddess. And I, a friend said, Hey, you, you should really get involved in this. And so I got involved uh, in that organization, which was a civic organization and ended up becoming the sun goddess. And then that sort of led to another friend saying, we well, really should get involved in the Miss America organization. And I got involved in that organization and I really didn't know a lot about these organizations. I thought um, probably maybe they were superficial and I didn't understand what they're about. And once I started to get involved, I realized the community service uh, component of it and the interview I actually had in the Miss America system was harder than my med school interview for sure. I mean, they really grilled you and I was able to, to, uh, earn thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, from that organization as well as being involved in the community. So that was a really great uh, opportunity that I encourage a lot of young women to look into. And then other sources came through the university. So, my participation in certain activities allowed me to apply. And I found out, you know, the more that you, the more time that you invest, the more energy you invest in something. Um, a lot of times there are scholarships that are associated with those interests and it, you should always look for those opportunities. So while I was a medical student, I was able to find uh, several. And, and also when I was at Cornell, I was able to find several opportunities within the school. So I guess the message is you have to be proactive and maybe even somewhat aggressive to find the opportunities. They're not going to just fall on your lap if, if you don't look for them. And with all that you have going on in pre-med and medical school, adding that on top, all the essays, and that, that could be 
beyond a full-time job, it sounds like. It was a lot of work. What I will say now is there's this incredible thing called the internet that, (laughs) um, (laughs) so I was around back then, but it's just so different now. It is so much easier to find, uh, to find scholarships and to search through, uh, packets of information and to figure out where you can find scholarships. So certainly at USF, one of the things that I learned early on is you could go onto the website and you could see actually every single scholarship through the school. And I could sort of plan if there were things early on that I needed to start um, putting, you know, work together for so that I could apply for these scholarships. I, I was able to do that. So I would go on and print a list and I really encourage any student that is in school, you need to look at your university's scholarship list because most universities have something like that. Yeah, they definitely do. And are there things, Alicia, that you were able to do because you were able to get scholarships that you may not have been able to do otherwise? Yes. Graduate. (laughs) (laughs) It's that Um, simple. (laughs) You know, it, it really, it allowed me, I remember being at Cornell and and this didn't seem odd at the time, but I remember going to get dinner and going to the bagel shop and getting a pizza bagel and going, okay, how much does this cost? Because every time I would buy food, I knew that it was coming from my parents and that they had to work to give me that bagel. And I really tried to be as cheap as I possibly could. I, I remember my mom came up and she went to my closet of food and was horrified that that was what I was eating. But to me, it, it just, it was such an incredible thing that my parents were doing. I didn't want to waste any money. And anytime I bought clothes or any, anytime I did anything, you know, that was money that our family, um, you know, our, our family was suffering from me using. So, you know, those are memories that I'll never forget. And now I don't even think about getting a bagel now, now I get bagels for the whole office and I don't even think about it, you know, but, um, yeah, I think things that I wouldn't have had, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to afford food. I wouldn't have been able to, um, participate in some experiences that many students participate in, like being in a sorority. Um, I wouldn't have been able to fly home as much as I did. And actually I really didn't fly home very much because I couldn't afford it. So almost all of the holidays up there with the exception of Christmas, I spent at friends from school, um, staying with them at their house because I just couldn't afford getting on a plane and flying back. So I would go to long Island or, or Boston or Philly and stay with my roommates. Yeah. I used to call that. Um, I would have folks over when I lived in DC and we called it orphan Thanksgiving or orphan, whatever, (laughs) because it was folks in that same situation who were far away from family and for whatever reason, couldn't, you know, couldn't get home. Um, so did your MD PhD give you any additional support or, okay. Yes. An incredible amount of support. So there, there's a lot of different ways that PhD programs are broken down at USF. When I was going through it, the way that it worked was you could apply to the PhD at the end of your second year. So you would pay for your first two years of med school. And then if you were accepted to the program, your PhD was covered. You would typically get a stipend, especially if you're teaching. And then your last two years of medical school were covered. So my third and fourth year of medical school 
was completely covered by my PhD, which is absolutely incredible. I mean, that allowed me the extra time to take off to do the PhD, you know, because I didn't have to worry about, okay, well, I need to graduate. I need to start making money right away. So that was not a consideration for me. So that was huge. I mean, that that's (laughs) one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given. Well, you know, it's a gift, but you worked hard for it. So I mean, you worked hard to get the scholarships that you got. You worked hard to get your PhD and be successful in that program. But I hear what you're saying. And I wonder, you know, you talked about your thought process at Cornell and being very mindful of of how you were spending money and what you were spending money on because of the impact it had on your family, which in a sense, I guess, is kind of is kind of a way to give back, right? I'm gonna be respectful and mindful of how I'm using the money that you have so generously helped me acquire. Did getting scholarships impact how you thought about or how you currently think about giving back and and what impact you'd like to have going forward? Without a doubt. I think, I don't think of scholarships, I said as a gift, but I think of it more as a loan. So I made a promise that the money that I received one day I would give back to someone else because the only reason I'm here is because of the grace of others that other people gave some random person that they didn't know the means to achieve their education. So I feel very much so that as I progress through my career, it is my responsibility and my, my duty to help other people in the way that I was helped. So I've talked to a lot of students about this um, that are actually still in medical school. I've talked to residents and now my friends that are out as attendings, and we still have a lot of debt. I mean, I still have a monstrous amount of debt, even as a first year attending. And I think the idea for me is you get involved early and you start small. So it really does not have to be a large amount that you donate. And it doesn't even have to be money. Um, it can be your time. I think time is the most important thing that we have. It's the most valuable thing that we have. And so early on when I really didn't have any money, I would try to donate as much of my time to the university that helped me as I possibly could. And now that I'm out, I try to, you know, participate in things like the white coat ceremony. I mean, it's a, um, it's really easy as an attending to, to just donate a white coat. And it's funny because you don't realize the impact that those small little things have, but actually this week I received an email from an alumni, um, that had a brother that was going through his white coat ceremony. And it said, Hey, I saw your name on one of the white coats. I just want to let you know how much that meant to me to see that you're still involved in the school. And I didn't really think that anybody noticed those things. I didn't think that people actually read those cards. So that was an incredible moment for me to see that, you know, it's getting paid forward. Yeah. It's, um, you know, the white coat, we just got through the class of 2024 who had their white coat ceremony delayed by a year because of COVID and then the class of 2025. And I actually went to the, the session that we have for the students to write their thank you notes to the donors. And I was so impressed by how much time and thought many of the students put into those thank you notes. And it, I'm a donor as well. And it impressed me that they, 
they really do not everyone. I mean, some of them aren't sure what that all means, but many of them really do understand what is going on and, and want to thank their donors. I have a particular passion through my giving back to get to know the students. I really, I do it to support them financially, but I also do it because I just really enjoy getting to know them and there's no better way to get to know them than through a, a, you know, sort of a personal outreach that you've done that you can then develop a conversation around. So I love that you are talking about giving back being more than just your treasure. You are so right. The time, the generosity of time is you don't get your time back. You know, you can go make the, the, small amount of money you donated back, but you don't get that time back. And so that is an incredibly generous thing. I think when, when the alumni are willing to give that back as you were doing with me today on this recording, <laughs> um, you know, as busy as you are. So thank you for that. If you, you know, if you had some advice, I know you said start small, but do you think in terms of, of planning a small amount of money every month into your budget or how do you, how do you manage when you are in so much debt and, you know, have so many, so much delayed gratification, let's be honest, you know, you, you worked many, many years and now you have a family and how, how do you think about that? And how do you plan for that? That's a great question. And I'm sure it's different for everyone. What I have found has worked in my family is it's a conversation that I have with my husband and it's, is, you know, we were actually planning to get married. There were <laughs> certain things that we discussed and this is one of them. I said, you know, this is really important to me. And part of, you know, the goals I have in my life is to help give back what I have achieved. And I think that's only fair. I'm just giving, you know, I'm, I'm just giving what I was given. And so he realized that that was very important to me. And we sort of sat down and, and there were certain contributions that each of us really believed in that we discussed together as a team. And I found for, for us, it's a little bit easier just to do it yearly. So every year when the white coat comes around, that's a, that's a given that absolutely we're going to do the white coat. And then there's other organizations that he really cares about, like the humane society. You can actually hear our three, excuse me, our three demons (laughs) barking outside. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So that's an organization that he really cares about. And I, I think for us having it on the calendar yearly, it just becomes like Christmas or any other event that happens yearly. So we, we know that it's coming. I think for me, if it was monthly, it'd be a little bit harder to keep track of. Um, and also having it yearly, it kind of is an important event where when it comes around, I really reflect back on my white coat and uh, think about what it meant to me. Yeah. And for those that may not be familiar with white coat or how that works, Um, The other thing I think is important is not only are you helping the student to pay for their white coat, which isn't free, it's not super expensive, but you also are, as part of your contribution, are are giving to scholarship, whether it's that incoming classes scholarship, or perhaps dividing it and giving some to your own class scholarship. So it is a campaign, not just to get a student a white coat, but to also give to scholarship and continue to, to, to set those classes up that are coming in to have their own scholarships to be able to give back. So I 
am incredibly grateful to you and, and all of the donors that we have. And I know that the students are as well. I've, I've seen the, I've seen their gratefulness, so I know it exists. Um, so Alicia, as always, we're coming up on time. It goes by unbelievably quickly. Um, I wanted to just ask you kind of in closing, are there any, you know, any words of wisdom that you would give, give yourself, give your younger self or anything you would say to your daughter, L, who is just about as beautiful as they come. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I love that little baby so much. I, I think be easy on yourself, medical school, residency, becoming an attending. These are all really, really hard things. And we hold ourselves up to impossible goals sometimes. So I would just say, do the very best you can and let that be enough because I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. I agree. I think I tell myself all the time, you know, be the best you, you can be, and don't compare yourself so much to what everybody else is. Just focus on being, being your best. And I think, I think if you do that, you'll, you will have success. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for your time this morning. And I really look forward to talking to you again about other topics because I always find that I learn something from our conversations. So I appreciate you very much. Well, thank you so much. It's always wonderful to talk to you.